Radio. Coffee party, and 
I frankly don't know if we're going to be uh, connected with them um, for much longer. But for the current moment, we are official partners with the Coffee Party, the Human Solution, the Coffee Party, and the Coffee Party Radio Network. So that's certainly one element of it. Uh, the Human Solution International is a big part of of this. Um, I'm the CEO of the Human Solution International. Uh, the Human Solution has been near and dear to me. It's been a part of my life's blood. This ribbon that you see on my shirt here is a, a symbol of the Human Solution International. And um, it means more to me than any other group I've ever been involved with by far. I believe that... Um, the Human Solution does a lot of good for a lot of people and will continue to do so. Um, as long as human rights are being violated anywhere, I suspect we'll have work to do. Um, I've, I've been connected with some of the finest people I've known in my life, and anybody who knows me knows I know a lot of people. I've, I've, I've been blessed and cursed, I suppose, to be... Um, connected with a lot of people in my life, and uh, one of the reasons that we have the standards that we do is to separate the work that the Human Solution is doing from everything else that's going on out there. But this is a cup of Joe. This is me, Joe Grumbine, sitting here talking with you in whatever capacity that it works out. I certainly represent the Human Solution. I certainly represent the Walk for Change. At the moment, I represent the coffee party. Um, but this is me, a human being, an individual, an advocate, an activist, um, and a lot of things, I guess. <laughs> an asshole most of the time to most people, if you just ask those that are closest to me. But I'm here to talk about the truth. I'm here to hopefully inspire some of you to maybe make a decision to do something. One of the topics we're going to talk today about is the difference between love and respect. I have a lot of people in my life that say they love me, um, but not so many that respect me. I'm sure you probably have a similar issue. I bet you we all do. Um, but maybe sometimes it's right to, to, to call the truth out, to talk about the truth. And so we're going to be doing that today. Today, as, as so many days we come out here, just about every Wednesday, with very few exceptions. I think we probably only missed a handful of Wednesdays this year. Crazy as this year's been, we show up. We show up every single week. Why? Because it's important. Uh, that's a constant message that I bring to the table, is what's important? Why? That's my big question before we bring in our first guest. Um, why? Why are you here? Why? Why are you listening to this show? I'm not saying I don't want you to. I'm just wondering why are you here? Why do you care? What makes you make this time important? And how important is it? Are you important enough or is, is this important enough for you to get involved, to do something, uh, to dedicate some time, some energy, some resources? I hope so. I'd like to hear that. I'd like to believe that. There are a lot of activities that go on towards common goals. For example, the Walk for Change. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Um, but that's not 
specifically the Human Solution International. Hello, Candace. I'm, I'm still ranting. You can go on and just sit there and look pretty. Do what it is that you do. Anyways, um, <laughs> just hang on. I'll call you in when it's time. Um, gotcha. But but the but the point of this is we the Human Solution International do certain things. And we support certain things. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing similar things. Me, as a human being, say, I don't care what banner you're wearing. If you're helping us, you're helping us. I want to work with you. I care about that. But I also care about the Human Solution International and the standard that we carry and the, 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 the standard that we hold ourselves to. Like, we actually hold ourselves to maybe a higher standard than most people, and we really care about what we say and what we do and, and, and that it matters. Uh, the words that we choose, the way we say them, the way we represent ourselves with a little style, class, and dignity um, in a positive way that doesn't cause harm to anybody. Um, these are all things that I believe are noble and, and important and, and are actually important to us as an organization. So, so many times I see so many people and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're and they, they think they support the human solution. They're like, oh, we're all about you guys. We do. In fact, I was talking to a good friend of mine the other day, and um, somebody that was involved in my company, and I said, well, you know, you're not really performing, so I need you to, to you know, either get involved with the human solution because that's important to me and I can sort of waive some of your lack of performance if you help us out, or, you know, this or that or the other thing. And she says, oh, I totally support you guys. I talk about jury nullification all the time. And I said, well, that's interesting because we support jury nullification. We teach people about it. But that's not what our group is. We're not a jury nullification group. We're a human rights group. We're a civil rights group. And we care about those things. And we've been very clear. This was a person who I love dearly, who has been on our board before, who used to run a chapter. She doesn't even know what we're about. It was that, like, really? Are you kidding me? And and that's when it got me that, you know, people that I know and love and that care, they're still disconnected. They don't get what this is all about. So right now, as we're getting closer and closer to our elections, and I'm focusing more and more on the human solution and the work that we're doing <coughs> and our chapters and our, our leadership and all of that, I think it's important that people recognize that the human solution is not other groups. It's not a Facebook group. It's not... Um, just people out there marching. It's not just people supporting other people. It's actually this group doing things the way that we do it in a very special way. And so I've got a wonderful guest. Um, a couple of years ago, I didn't know this woman, um, and now I feel like she's my sister and, and somebody who I've just uh, been working with forever. We've never even met in person yet, but but, not yet. but we've been working together a lot behind the scenes. We've been on calls multiple times a week for I don't know how long, and we're working real hard in, in, in our lanes trying to make the same changes in the world, and we're carrying the banner of the Human Solution International together. Uh, Candace, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what's going on. Hi, Joe. Um, my name is Candace Dyer, and I am with Cannabis Open Gary Walks, but we have joined up with the Human Solution International, so we are now that title as well. Um, uh, we help with the Texas chapter. Um, we've I've been doing activism, trying to change cannabis laws now for almost four years, going on four years, um, and just 
we've been fighting on the side of the street and doing our thing, going to the Capitol, you know, testifying on bills, teaching people how to do that, getting involved, telling people that this needs to change, telling them how to change it. But um, I've seen a lot after especially my son got arrested about the part of the people who are getting arrested for this and are getting in trouble and getting locked up and noticed that something needed to be changed with that too. Um, and so I met y'all, uh, realized y'all were doing a lot of the same things that we were doing, but then some and wanted to help. And so here I am. And, you know, it's interesting because you kind of represent to me the best of what I had ever hoped. Like, in, in all the years I've been doing this, I've been, I've been doing this particular thing for more than 10 years now. And I've always said, you know, yeah, we want to work with other people, but really what I want is for us to work together and, and kind of stand together. And I had always kind of hoped, you know, that, that what happened with you would happen. You know, that there'd be a little group doing something that said, wow, you guys are awesome, and recognize the work that we were doing, the heart that was there, and say, yeah, I want to I carry your banner with you and, and to be part of something that was doing that. And most of the time, everybody's like, yeah, we're doing this thing. Yeah, we're doing this thing. How many, how many people are doing this thing? I frankly believe that social media is destroying activism even though it's helping it at the same time. It helps it by letting people easily reach out to each other, but unfortunately I think it also helps people start their own Facebook group thinking that they're being activists. And right. unfortunately there's probably 10,000 Facebook activist groups of people that never do anything other than sit on Facebook. And, you know, you guys get out there and walk. You march the streets and in a peaceful way. And you guys have a message that is the same as ours. You know, we want to make change. We want to end prohibition. And unfortunately, you've had to deal with the pain of, of prohibition, with the sun that's been affected. You know, um, in some ways, it was easier for me to deal with myself having been incarcerated than knowing that one of my kids was locked up because you can't, right. you're powerless. Like, when I was locked up, you know, the worst part about it was is I couldn't help my family because I was right. locked up. And they were out there, and I didn't know what was happening to them. And I was stuck, you know, and that was the part where they, like, they really mind fuck you because that's that's the way that they get you. And, and nobody right. understands that until they go through it. Because you're mama bear. You want to help your kid. even doesn't matter how old he is, you know. And, yeah, and exactly. you realize that at one point you have to just let go and let God take it over because that's all you can do, you know. Right. So, right. so, uh, but but sharing that experience and uh, you know one of the points I wanted to talk about today is I just feel like like activism is as much as we're getting a lot done. There's a lot of there's a lot of attention being brought to it. The attention's coming and going so quickly because of the negativity that's being attached to it. And I I can't help but think you know I I try to. I try to connect with, you know, the spirit of Martin Luther King because he got it. And and he wasn't out there having selfie pictures saying, look at me, I'm marching. He was right. in the back rooms talking to the leaders of churches and, and the activist leaders and saying, okay, here's what we need to do. You know, go back and listen to his speeches. Go back and listen to him talk. And he wasn't perfect. He was – he 
he did some crappy things, you know, to his own relationships, and he did some things that that you know I wouldn't be proud of, and that I haven't done. But it doesn't matter. We're all human beings, and that's kind of the part to recognize that says, you know what. Right. We all get judged so harshly, like, oh, my God, you know, you take on a little role of responsibility, and like, you know what he did, you know, imagine running for office, now they dig deep. Oh, in yeah. But the oh, truth yeah. Is, and which is why so many people don't stand up, because there isn't a perfect one of us out there, and uh, they're, they're worried about that. Exactly, exactly. We live in this world where anybody can be exposed for anything, and, and maybe even worse is people can just throw an accusation at you even if it's not true, and then it starts sticking to you like it was. I mean, I've had more things thrown at me. I was like, really? Where the hell did you get that from? And oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. Then oh, somebody yeah. comes along and says, well, you know what I heard, and and all of a sudden enough people hear it. Like, well, why didn't you message me? You probably would have got all of the story. Like right, that. right. <laughs> you know what's so funny? And since we're just here talking, and that's kind of what this show's really about, it's just having a conversation is I've been doing this show now for almost seven years, and from the very beginning, I, I used this show as a, an opportunity for anybody to get up and talk about things that are important, an opportunity for people to uh, talk about their cases, for uh, inmates to call in, even if they're locked up, an opportunity for people to share um, good news and bad news and whatever, just a way for people to come and talk. But one of the things that I always did and I made it real public a lot of times, is that if anybody wants to call me out and have a real conversation about it, here I am every week, and guess how many times right. this happened? Guess how many times somebody's actually taken me up on my offer to really, here I am, I, I, I'm unarmed, i got nothing in my head, nothing up my sleeves, nothing. I mean, I'll just sit here and talk to you, and I'll even let you talk. Nope, not one time. And, and yeah. because at one let's, point... Let's talk it out. The truth actually matters. You know, a lot of things matter, and I would like to say that the truth matters too. But what I was getting to before I kind of digress a little bit was Martin Luther King Jr. was about peaceful protest, always peaceful protest. And, you know, people get hot-headed and they get angry and they feel like nobody's listening and they feel like, you know, well, you know. And then on the other side of it, there's always been agent provocateurs. There's always people that actually infiltrate and cause damage and cause destruction and light fires and do stupid crap and even fire guns and hurt people. Exactly. For the very purpose of discrediting these things. And and but he knew that. He yeah. knew that. When he gave his last speech, he knew that he was probably gonna not live. To, to see his legacy come alive. He knew it. And yet he continued on because he knew that that was the only way. And I can't help but thinking, where's everybody that gets that? I mean, I'm not saying there aren't any. There's lots. But I'm saying, why don't we get together and talk? Why don't we get together and, and, and have a conversation about how do we create a peaceful protest march you know, that's what the Walk for Change is all about. Right. And, and because of all the craziness, I'm thinking we may end up restructuring that a little bit. And it's probably, you know, our goal with that isn't so much that we have to walk from here to there. It's that we want to affect the change. And ultimately, right. we do want to walk from there to there. But 
we want to be effective, and I think that it's maybe time to start having that discussion. Um, but I think that that's the thing that the human solution is about, is about effective change, peaceful protest, um, educating people, knowledge is power, you know, and, and, and supporting each other. You know, we raise each other up in a way that says, you know, you know how it is when, when your kid got arrested, you're powerless, you're helpless, you have that horrible thinking feeling like, oh, no, you know, like, and, and when you get, when it happens to you, I mean, you know, the worst thing with me, when I was locked up, I knew that my house was being raided, and I knew that my wife and my daughter was being held captive, and I couldn't do anything about it, and, and, and I was sitting there in a holding cell going, crap, you know, I can't help my, right. I can't help my family, and, and you know, that's the thing, but the support, the fact that I had the human solution, um, you know, uh, it, it, it gave me somebody to reach out to. And, and we're, we're that beacon, we're that, you know, that, that I don't know, that, that, that voice in the dark that says it's going to be all right. You right, know? right. And so Definitely. I think it's really important. So um, a couple of things. So you have decided to run for office, to, to run for our board, and I'm really excited about that. You know, one of the things that we're talking about doing right now, the leadership, is about even shrinking the board down and really making it to be the, the, the most effective of the most effective, the, the leaders of the leaders, those that are really committed to this organization. And I would rather be a little bit smaller group doing more things than being a bigger group doing less things. Right. And I don't know about you. You've been kind of uh, uh, in a leadership role with the COCW for a while. And I don't know if this happens to you, but here's what happens to me all the time. So when I was a young child, I did a really foolish thing, and I prayed for wisdom. I, I, I asked my God to, to, to give me wisdom. Dumbest thing I ever did, because you know what wisdom means? Wax across the head, and challenges that you can't solve. You want and you may wisdom? as well pray for patience right along with don't that. Don't do it. Because... Don't ever do it. Yeah, don't ever do it, you know. And I've had broken bones where I had to patiently wait for them to heal, and I got, I've been stuck in every unsolvable problem you could imagine. But the worst one, I don't know if it's the worst one, but one that, that, that keeps coming, and I'm finally, I'm finally getting it because I'm not letting it in anymore, is the problem where you're in a situation, a position of leadership, and then you get one person that you know and love and care for come and tell you a problem about another person you know and love and care for. And then they somehow think that you're going to resolve it and fix it. And then they somehow almost demand you to solve it because you guys have something in common. And it's happened with the human solution I don't know how many times. Finally, I figured it out. I don't let it in. We just don't let it right. in. You want to come to me with your problem, go deal with it yourself because I, you know, right. I didn't have nothing to do with it. I hope you haven't had a lot of that, but I, I can't It happens. Tell. It happens, and that's why we keep it uh a, a structure where it's a voted on situation, so it's never like one person that has to make a decision, it's the whole crew. Right. So. That's good, that's good. Well, that's one of the reasons that every two years we have an open election for every position from the board to the all the leadership roles, and that way nobody gets a chance to get in and screw things up. You know, if somebody comes in and causes problems, number one, Everybody will rally around our code of conduct and ask them to leave, which has happened. It happened this year even. But mostly um, everybody gets a chance to vote somebody new, and if you don't like the direction we're going, 
everybody gets a vote, everybody gets a chance. And so um, you want to just share with us, I know you kind of already have, but bullet points about your qualifications. Why would somebody vote for you to sit on our board? Yes, well, uh, number one, I, I've been working um, with, of course, the OCW for a while now, and I've learned how to stand up and try and rally people together, and I've created um, a good good support team. We have bunches of people who help um, and hold up my hands when I need it and help. So I'm good with team players. Like, there's a team of us. It's not one person. And then um, also we've, we've been working with the Human Solution for a little while now, and I've been coming to the board meetings. Uh, for about a year and a half, maybe now. Yeah, I think so. And so I've been watching how y'all work and watching, you know, um, the things that y'all do, and y'all do accomplish uh, great things, and y'all are making a difference, making changes in situations, and I really would love to help and be a part of that. Well, and, and so let me um, just get to some of these questions that I just laid out for everybody, and i, I just like to hear from you because I respect your answers. And ultimately, um, you know, what do you want to see? What do you want to see? You know, why are, why are you here? What, what, do you, what, what are you looking to change in the world? What do you want to see the world look like when you say, all right, this has been worth it, I did this? Awesome. Yes, there is so much change right now um, that we need to see in the world. Um, so picking one particular thing, that's kind of hard, but we'll just go with cannabis prohibition right now. I would like to see patients um, who need their medication and uh, people who need an alternative um, med besides big pharma to be able to safely medicate and to be able to do it without fear of losing their children or getting thrown in jail. And so here in Texas and all over the world, for that matter, um, that's what I want to see. I want to see that, and I want to help to be part of that change. I want to be able to uh, show people um, by my actions how they can do it as well. Well, I, I think that that is, um, you know, noble work, and, I, you know, to me it's legacy work. This is, you know, I've got kids, I've got grandkids, and, and likely one day I'll have great-grandkids. And, you know, I've lived through a world where, when I first got started growing cannabis, there wasn't any legal anything anywhere. And now we got some sort of legal stuff sort of some places. And, and I just, we still have, actually we have a big giant mess coming through right now that we have a special guest on with us as well. I'm going to keep you both up. Um, and, you know, we've got the, the hemp bill was, was passed. And so all of a sudden CBD became a thing. And, um, um, a lot of companies have gotten involved in, in, in quote-unquote legal hemp grows and CBD, but the problem is is when there is very little hemp that has the, the amount of CBD or THC that they're supposed to. Most hemp is hot, and everybody knows it, but that's okay because they can extract it out, and they can, um, they can separate the CBD from the THC and create, um, you know, broad-spectrum, full-spectrum oils, um, CBD isolate, but the problem with that is that when they're doing it, they leave behind some material that has too much THC in it. 
Well, DEA got a hold of that information, and now, now they're coming in saying, well, we're going to come in and start going after these processing plants because they're violating our law. And um, if you want to ask me, it's some kind of bullshit because, you know, look, I got to me it's not any more bullshit than even saying one of my plants is illegal for any reason. But right. the fact is is that we were told by the federal government even that we can do this thing. The problem is yes. the plants are plants, and, and, and people misunderstand the science of plants. And we labeled hemp artificially, like there is no hemp plant, right? So the hemp plant is a cannabis plant that is supposed to be less than 0.3% THC. Right. But if you right. grow a whole field of hemp plants and 10 of them are more than 0.3% THC, then your whole field's illegal. And, right. and DEA is still looking for ways that they can come in and cause problems with that. And that's what this is about. So I, uh, oh, Anna, Anna Butler, awesome, thank you. I didn't have your name until you gave it to me. Anna, you are, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you. And um, I'm excited to uh, hear about what your project is because it directly affects me, my business, uh, my organization, and everybody uh, in the world, frankly, um, that cares about freedom and their own personal civil liberties. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this project that you're doing, and then we're going to find a way that we can join forces and do it together. That sounds great. Uh, well, first of all, there's a bit of good news on this that uh, someone reminded me that the Farm Bill prohibits the DEA from spending one single red cent <laughs> on prosecuting CBD. Good. So, yeah, so um, basically it seems like it was just a lot of chest puffing, which is, of course, not unusual for the DEA. We all know that. Um, but the other big thing that, that uh, we're going to be um, talking about for the March is the removal of THC from the Controlled Substances Act. Um, so they're voting on the MORE Act in September. It's passed seven House subcommittees now, and it goes to the House floor um, in late September. So that's one reason why I chose September 12th, so that we can try and get it done before that happens and let them know how important it really is to us because uh, removing THC from the Controlled Substances Act would just uh, fix a, a lot of issues. Well, let's jump um, into that for one quick second because a lot of people don't understand how this all works, okay? So let me just lay it down succinctly. Currently, THC is in Schedule 1, which says there's no known medical use. It can't be researched. Um, it's It's highly dangerous, highly addictive. It's in... The, the most dangerous category of chemicals that there is. And people think that, well, if we just make it Schedule 2, everything will be fine. But the people don't realize that Schedule 2 is like a triple script Oxycontin, and it will not be better and at all. And how many doctors do you think are going to, first of all, write a prescription for it, considering that it's still a plant-based medicine? They still don't know what two-thirds of the compounds in the plant are, and they don't have any way to isolate it, and the synthetic form of it doesn't work the same as the natural form. So, and, and still, the endocannabinoid system, which was discovered in the 80s, is still rarely taught in medical school. If at all. I, yeah, I recently all. Have, have been connected with numerous doctors with regards to CBD products that I manufacture, 
and the doctors that we're talking to, they're just finding out about the endocannabinoid system, and they're all excited. And I'm like, you went for 10 years of medical school. They know about this. It's in the books, and they didn't bother teaching it to you. So the point is, is even Schedule 3 or even Schedule 4, what will happen is that the only way that you can get those drugs is if a doctor prescribes it for you, and then if they prescribe it for you, you have to buy it at a pharmacy. Well, pharmacies don't sell prescriptions that are naturally processed. They have to be manufactured single molecule through a a pharma company because that's the only way FDA will approve them. And so there's a few little exceptions starting to come through with Epidiolex and a couple of other compounds, but nonetheless, they're... I'm sorry, but it's also worth mentioning that the very day after the DEA came out with all this, they approved an injectable synthetic CBD for phase one COVID trials. Oh, yeah, (laughs) because that's what we need, synthetic CBD, because it's just so hard to get, you know. (laughs) You know, the the, the deal is, too, like with, with THC, it's pretty hard to synthesize a pure THC because of the way that it, it's compounded, the way that the oil cannabinoids can can jump from one to the other in the process, and there really isn't a 100% or a 99.8% pure THC delta 9. There isn't one. But CBD isn't like that. CBD can be processed clean, 99.8%, well within the uh, USP standards and guidelines, and it absolutely the natural uh, pure extract is just as pure as the synthesized. It shouldn't even matter. Like, it couldn't be better, <laughs> but they're still and, trying to do it. Yeah. I was actually looking for an image to send you that I have because that we're literally fighting over one double bond. There you go. That's it. There you go. Uh, the difference between CBD and THC is one double bond yeah. split. Right. And the difference between Delta-8 and Delta-9 is one double bond that moves around the hydrocarbon. That's it. There you go. Oh, wow. And, and, and this is the kind of thing that that if we were actually sitting here having a real conversation with policymakers, with people that could affect this, and we could actually have a common sense, science-based conversation, the, the underlying overwhelming factor here is that none of them, or all of them together, have still not killed anybody. Right. Not all the cannabinoids, all of them, every single one. Put them in a big old pot, stir them up, heat them up, smoke them, drink them, eat them. You could inject them. You would not die from them. They just don't know how to kill you. And yet we're still struggling with rendering this as what the FDA would consider GRASS, which is the greatest acronym of all, generally regarded as safe. And some of the items that are in that category actually could kill you which is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the only way people have been killed by cannabis is when it's in a pharmaceutical form. There you go. Right. So anyways, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of this. So number one, the fact that um, you guys are planning uh, marches at courthouses. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the actual actions that you're looking to take? So um, I was – I've been saying for many years, like, we need to march on Washington. We've got to get them to take notice somehow, some way. Um, And someone said to me, you know, 
and, and we know, of course, that a lot of people are patients, and so it would be difficult for them to get long distances. But she said, well, what if you did some kind of, like, coordinated city effort? And um, I thought it sounded like a good idea, so that's what we did. Um, I picked uh, September 12th, so it wasn't too far away, but hopefully close enough that uh, people can plan, um, but not too far away that, uh, that, you know, they're not going out, or they're it's not going out too far in their schedule. Um, I know that there's, you know, the coronavirus concern. Um, personally, I kind of feel, as a cannabis activist, uh, I know that my government's been lying, cheating, and stealing to keep cannabis illegal, so why would I think they give a shit about me now? Um, and two weeks to slow the spread has turned into eight months of ridiculousness. So uh, I hope that other cannabis activists will feel the same. I'm right there with you, yeah. I mean, and, you know, again, let's let's maybe take into consideration that I have a right to decide what dangers I subject myself to. And I yeah. also have a right to not subject myself to those dangers if I decide not to. And, right. you know, at one point that might should matter a little because um, the things that are happening are taking those rights away from us. And I think that underneath all of this, or maybe not, I think right on top of it, right out in front of it, should be that we're actually marching for our basic civil rights. And, yeah. you know, our basic civil rights to... Uh, do virtually anything as long as it doesn't take away your civil rights um, is kind of what the Constitution said we get to do. And that's kind of where I draw my authority from when it comes to being an American citizen, which I am. And so I think that's kind of important. And courthouses is where that's all supposed to be decided, and that's that's where due process, the very thing that's supposed to protect us, with the equal protection of our laws, right? Isn't that what they said? It's <laughs> <laughs> what they said. I mean, they told me that, but um, you know, but maybe if we asked loud enough, maybe if enough of us came and asked, they would say, "Oh yeah, we did say that." You know, I think really that's the problem is that when we get out there and march, a lot of times we're angry, and we're angry about something that happened. So we march because we're angry, but what does it say? It says we're angry. And it doesn't say specifically that we want this change to happen this way right now, and we'll help you do it. It, We don't say that generally. So what if we were to do that? What if we were to say, hey, we got an idea. We're going to help you do the thing you're supposed to do, which is represent our will rather than impose your will upon us. And, um, you know, I I fully support this. I would certainly like to talk to you more off the air about how this is getting coordinated. But, frankly, let's just start. I'm going to um, use a unilateral power that I have. I'm I'm going to issue an executive order as the president of the the Human Solution International and say that we, and Becca, I know you're listening because you're right there. I am going to do this, like it or not. we're going to join you, if you'll have us. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, we've got 25 cities committed already, people uh, organizing. Um, and you know, that was in just two days. I just really kind of had this idea Sunday night and started working on it. Um, and people just really jumped on board. So it's awesome. We're well, excited. I don't know what your availability is tomorrow during the day, but I would like to maybe you, me, and Candace get on a call and and go over your battle plan, and then we can overlay 
what we can add to it, maybe join some of the things you've got, maybe add some other points on the map, and uh, maybe put a press release out, and um, let's make this official. I mean, to me, that's, that's part of what this is all about, is walking together, um, you know, let's do this. Let's, let's, let's bring people that have this in common, you know, this, this I don't know, this need for freedom, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like it's like a human nature thing. Like, I don't know, every day I wake up, I'm going, yeah, I can make a choice. I mean, I think it's super cool. Like, I've been locked up, and I couldn't make so many choices. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm not locked up, I go, it's really great to make choices, and I want to continue doing that. And every time they start taking these things away and saying, well, you have to or you can't, I start saying, oh, uh, I've been in that place. I don't like that place. Um, and I, I think that people get duped into thinking that it's okay. And then when yeah, people I mean, get a- I actually was just speaking with someone earlier tonight. I was, um, I was in a prison of my own making, which was I was on 11 uh, pharmaceuticals, 11 different pharmaceuticals every day, sometimes several times a day, um, and uh, the worst of which are neurological medications that uh, give you blackouts. And you weren't on gabapentin, were you? Uh, yeah, and yeah. Lyrica, which gave me my very first and only seizure. Oh, jeez. Um, blackouts, I um, I, you know, just terrible things. And so someone was asking me about uh, pharmaceuticals, and I haven't taken pharmaceuticals about 10 years. Um, I was in a wheelchair for six months after a surgery. I was in a back brace for six months after another one. And I couldn't walk without cannabis, but I would never go back to pharmaceuticals. You couldn't pay me enough. Good for you. Good for you. Well, I I think that we have a lot in common. And, uh, frankly, I want to get to know you a little better. And and you're out of Texas, right? I'm Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny. We used to have a chapter that was active. We technically still do because we don't dissolve a chapter unless they, you know, screw up or something. But it was called the the Southern Style Chapter, and it covered uh, Tennessee, North Carolina, um, Georgia, and Alabama. And it was a lot of of area, not a lot of people. So because of it, it sort of just sort of floated out there in the wind. But um, the fact is that there's some good people out there, and the people that – are and we're connected to that. I still feel are, are wonderful folks, and um, you know sometimes just stay in the course um, helps to kind of help bring people back in. And when they see that there's something they can do, um, I think we still have a roster from that from that chapter from years ago that maybe we could reach out to some of those folks as well. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, why don't you stick on the line? Oh no, you're not on that other line. You and Candace can figure out. A good time. Yeah. I'll make myself available um, anytime besides like 10 o'clock Pacific time. Um, I've got something going on then, but um, I'll make myself available, and I would love to put this together so we can, you know, it, it's far enough out that we can really get some traction on it. And wouldn't wow. it be great to get, you know, thousands of people involved? Yeah, I mean that would be amazing. It's ideally, you know, I I definitely love to get more people involved, and um, I. So to my knowledge, at least it's definitely as long as I've been involved in activism and cannabis, I don't know that there's ever been a coordinated effort like this. I've so. been trying for a lot of years, and, and we get a few people here and a few people there and a group here and a group there, but um, I think practicing, drilling, just just going at it. We're, we're out there looking for opportunities, 
um, you know, to lock arms with people that are doing similar things and to, to, to show a united front. And, yeah. you know, this isn't a Facebook thing. This is actually real life people on the ground doing work. And so um, I, I'm excited. So awesome. I, I actually, real quick, I heard what you were saying earlier, and I just have to say, I always say you can't be a part of a movement from the couch. No. you got to get up. You got to. And you know what? There are plenty of people who who wag their fingers at me and say, well, I'm doing everything I can. And I'm like, well, that's fine. But some of us are doing everything we can. (laughs) And and, and it's not the same thing, you know. And, and, And the truth is, when this is important enough, we will do what's important enough. And and right. you know it when you get moved to do something, you know? I don't know. Do you have kids? Yeah, I have three. Okay, so you're a mama bear. So you know uh-huh. what could move you to do something, right? Your kid uh-huh. needs your help for whatever reason, for reals. <clears throat> get the hell out of my way, right? There's nobody uh-huh. going to stand in your way. I know how that is. And, and And what happens is, to a lot of people, when they get touched by prohibition, either they get arrested or a friend of theirs or a kid of theirs or somehow something bad happens. That's what happened to me. I mean, I was involved and I was active for 30 years, but when I got locked up and I'm sitting here in a concrete room, something just tore out of my heart and said, what are you doing? And I've not been the same since. And so that was what woke up my beast. And, and so, but, but we all have something that says, okay, this is important enough for me to do this every day, as long as it takes, whatever it takes, when it's uncomfortable, when I can't afford it, when I don't have time, when it when it hurts. Too bad. It needs doing, and it ain't going to do itself. And and the, the answer isn't that you have to work harder and I have to work harder and Candace has to work harder. The answer is that we have to be better at getting our message out. And we have right. to not only reach the people out there, but we need to reach the leaders. We need to reach, teach the teachers. We need to lock arms with those that are really motivated. Separate the true believers from the hangers-on and, and and get bigger and better, and that's what I feel like we're doing. So I am super excited. Today's been a really good day. I've got Jackie Cordova on the line right now, and um, she's listening, but she came forward, and she's going to help out with our um, uh, reentry project and help us with some writing, and, and she got arrested not too long ago, and she's an active part of of the organization now, and so I feel like I feel like we're 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 breaking through and we're starting to reach some some good folks right now. Amazing, awesome, Anna. Well, let me uh, give you the final parting shot as far as um, if somebody wants to connect with you directly um, to get involved with one of these marches or anything else you're doing, um, how would they reach you? Um, Facebook. Uh, they can uh, I have kind of a long email, but, uh, you know, you can get me by Facebook. It's pretty easy. Anna Butler, I think I might be the only one with pink hair. Um, and I can edit the name real quick so that you guys can have my middle, my maiden name, which is my middle name there. <clears throat> so Anna Levinson Butler, awesome, awesome. Very, 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 very cool. And um, I will... I'll reach out. I very, very seldom send out a friend request, but I'll find your ass and I'll send a request to you. <laughs> Good. And know that that almost never happens. Um, I feel special. So, so, you so, just let me know a good time, Anna, for you, and I'll let Joe know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Awesome, awesome, right. Anna. Well, thank you so Have much. Have a wonderful night. I appreciate you, you being here, and I look forward to working together. Definitely. Take care. All right, you too. So, Candice, um, why don't let's give you the same opportunity. You're tearing it up in Texas, soon to be tearing it up in Colorado, and um, but still leading the charge in Texas. And uh, so how does somebody get a hold of you if they want to get involved either with COCW, the Human Solution Chapter, or these upcoming uh, marches that are going to be going down at the courthouses? Heck, yeah. Y'all just get a hold of me on Facebook at Candice Dyer, C-A-N-D-I-S-D-Y-E-R, or, of course, Cannabis Open Carry Walks on Facebook. Um, sometimes I have to send you a link because Facebook's got us on blackout, so you might not be able to find us on there, so it's probably best just to message and, uh, yeah, yeah, I will let you know about the walks and everything, any questions you have, and get you hooked up with what we're doing out here in Texas. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, I appreciate you being here, as always, and um, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, getting behind the scenes with Anna tomorrow, and uh, I, I feel really good about this. I think this is, oh, uh, yeah. this is some awesome sauce brewing right now. It's going to be fun. I can feel it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Candice. Um, all right. Well, we are wrapping up the show. We got. We're going to actually close the show down at the at the right time today. So I've got a little bit more to talk about. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about is um, usually I think it's the first weekend in September. Um, the fully informed jury association, FIJA, as they're known, um, does jury rights day, and historically the Human Solution has been involved. Uh, we have stood outside of courthouses all over the place. I've been in, I don't know, five or six different courthouses across the country for Jury Rights Day, and uh, generally we'll hand out uh, jury nullification pamphlets, and we will uh, educate people about their rights to veto a bad law by sitting on a jury, um, and, and even better, getting yourself um, getting yourself up as a jury foreman and um, helping to guide the jury to do the right thing. Remember, remembering your right and obligation to judge both the law as well as the evidence presented before you and the instructions given by the judge. For its justness and its morality. So if you decide that a that a law, that a law, that is actually a law, is immoral or unjust, and you see that an individual is charged with a crime that shouldn't be a crime, as in the great United States of America have been many, 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 many of them, historically. All of the things historically that have been crimes, I've brought them up on the show numerous times, there's always been people that have said no. I don't care what you say. I don't care if he got caught dead-handed doing it. I'm not going to convict a man or a woman of doing that because that shouldn't be a crime. Well, guess what? Possession, cultivation, distribution, transportation, manufacturing, maintaining a house, whatever the charges they can come up with, if it has to do with this plant, it should not be a crime. Unless you're stealing somebody's cannabis, or unless you're thumping them over the head with it until they stop breathing, there isn't any reason why somebody should be charged with a crime simply for those things. And if you are, you, 
as a juror, should, I don't very often say what somebody should do. In fact, I think that everybody has a right to choose what they should do. But this is different because there, there, there is a right and a wrong here. And there is no reason that anybody should ever get charged with a crime for growing a plant. There just isn't. There's, I can't. Maybe you could come up with some weird way that growing a plant would cause harm to somebody, but I can't see it. I haven't seen it in all the years I've been doing this. And so what I say to you is that you should vote not guilty no matter what that judge says. And that judge could tell you, well, if you see this, then you must do this. If the evidence before you shows you this, then you must do that. Well, the truth is, no. 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 The truth is, if the law that this person is being charged with is unjust, then you must say not guilty. That's the right thing to do, by whatever standards. So... That's what jury nullification is all about. We teach about it. Uh, unfortunately, most of the time that we have an opportunity to um, talk about it is usually when there's a live case going on. And so there's often objections by the prosecution, and they're trying to paint us as being uh, subversive or, or violating whatever court orders and this and that. So a lot of times we actually literally will break into two groups and there will be a group marching about jury nullification and another group uh, protesting about the case separate from each other um, and not connected to each other. So anyways, jury rights day generally, that's what that consists of. We get out there and we share information, hand out cards and that sort of thing. Um, but this year I've been asked to uh, do a video about an experience that I've had with a case where jury nullification happened. And I've been in a few cases where this happened, and, and I'm going to do that. But what I'm going to do as well is issue an invitation to you. And if you have been in a situation where you were either in a jury or in a trial or watched a trial or in any way was involved and in, in were intimately aware of what happened where a juror either uh, was involved with helping to acquit somebody or even get a hung jury as a result of jury nullification, meaning that the judge said, if you saw this, you need to do that, and one of the jurors at least said no. I'm not going to do that. I, I, I just don't see that he did anything wrong. Uh, if you've experienced that, please shoot a little video or get, contact me. Um, get a hold and, and say, hey, I want to tell the story. We can record you. We can get on a Zoom and take it that way. There's a million ways we can do it. Um, but please do it if you can. I'm going to do a couple of them um, with some of the cases that I've been involved with and, and uh, participated with. So. That's what we're going to be doing, working with Vija. Um, we're working with the Free Indeed Reentry Project right now, um, and that's another 501c3 nonprofit, and we're working together um, to change some, uh, some policies to create uh, a way for inmates that have been released 
conditions, nonviolent offenders, um, that they'll get a leg up, an opportunity to get back out in the world uh, and, and to re-enter society. So many times when somebody gets that big F on their forehead um, as a felon and they have to check the box, um, it makes it difficult, if not impossible, to uh, buy a car, rent an apartment, um, you know, get a job. There's so many things that that the responsible world requires um, to to know, and they can do background checks. They can find this stuff out. Um, and if you don't check the box and they do a background check, it, you're guaranteed not to get um, not to get approved for whatever it is that you're setting out to. So we're working to help to give an avenue, give a way for employers that are willing to give somebody a chance, um, working with the, the criminal justice system, working with the probation department, and working with um, inmates, even from the point where they're in custody and they're working their way to this program, uh, we're working on a way to make this happen. So. Um, a lot of projects that we're working on right now. We're looking for writers. We're looking for um, editors. We're looking for people that are good at social media. We're looking for people that are interested in participating in a chapter. Um, we have a lot of chapters across the country that are about to get more active, hopefully. Um, we're looking at launching some new chapters. We're looking at bringing forward a number of memberships and all of those things. Um, I welcome you. I hopefully that something you've heard today inspires you to uh, maybe take that first step to reach out that, that this is not going to fix itself. Um, if you are a kid, if you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, um, if you just care about the world you're going to leave behind, you know, what's your legacy going to be? What is the thing that you did? What if you died tomorrow and actually had to reconcile with your maker what did you do with your life um do you have something good to say i hope you do um maybe there's more maybe that every day counts maybe every minute of every day counts i kind of think it does so i encourage you to get involved i encourage you to get um engaged i encourage you to go to the website thsintl.org and sign up as a volunteer become a member uh, let us know who you are. Let us know what you want to do. We have a national uh, organization that can work with you no matter where you are. And we have chapters across the nation and up in Canada um, just looking for folks that can help out. And if you've been listening today, you will have heard uh, about all of the things that we got going on. I've got a couple minutes left of the show, and I believe I see Tom Corby that just popped on. I'm going to take the leap to say that it is him. And let's just see what's going on. Is that you, Tom Corby? Oh, it Joe. Oh, thank there you. it is. Just in time to close the show out. Well, yeah, I was waiting to go overtime. You know, you know I'm not a man of brevity. Not today. <laughs> not today. We're getting out of here on time today. Oh, no. Wait, I, I got about two hours of stuff I need to talk about. <laughs> well, all you got to do is consolidate it into a minute and a half, and you'll be just fine. Uh, as always, I want to thank you, Joe, Becca, and especially Candace now, and the Coffee Party Radio Show. These are all definitely historical shows. 
And we all come together, put our risks aside, come together to help be the solution to finally end prohibition. This is our goal and vision. Uh, I'm so glad to see that our good friend, Sweet Bubba Lou, up in Reading, and my daughter, Karina Corby, is on from Reno today, and Joe knows them well. When we talk about court support, uh, Sweet Bubba Lou, up in Reading, was always there, especially for the Benos, which Joe knows well. Without Sweet Bubba Lou, when he took the when he took the stand, and folks, if you've never experienced one of these trials, we have many. He nailed it with that jury. He actually had that jury almost in tears, very instrumental in the Benos case being finally dismissed. And also thank Joseph M. Tully, our number one attorney. When we talk about what's the most important thing for defendants, Again, always discovery. Get all your discovery. Always file your 995 dismiss probable cause motion, which is also entrapment. Now, I haven't added this, and Joe knows well, what's so important in in those trials is reasonable doubt. Think about that. So when you experience this, you advocate, and you're in there a lot, you can become your own attorney and go pro see pro per. I know myself. I know Joe can. I know many of us can right now, probably sweet with Bubaloo, can talk to that jury. First thing I uh, come comes to mind with a defendant that you actually really don't need an attorney when you when you come and you advocate you can work with the defendant and his public defender and direct him you can also recuse three public defenders and. One of the most, uh, when Don, my wife and I, uh, busted, it's hard to talk about, uh, 12 years ago, Joe knows, all of us, I hope you never have to go through this. The, the, the longer it goes on, it finally goes away. So, defendants in the very first place, uh, a lot of times they just want to get it over with, and they might make some kind of a BS plea deal. And believe me, Joe will tell you, every one of those plea bargains is going to screw you. So we always take them to trial. We make no deals. And uh, court support is so important. Uh when we, when we, when we, uh, it's our turn. One of our six pre-trial folks took us four years, cost us almost our life, and you never really recover from this because 
with folks like Joe Grumbine and the Human Solution International standing our ground and taking them on. We really have very few, I know, uh, I know of no cases really up here in Northern California. Uh, I don't see helicopters. They're not busting us up here. They're all down so, here. Uh, down there they are, though, aren't they, Joe? They sure are. I had a helicopter circle in my house just a few days ago, set my PTSD right in motion. Uh, well, uh, we know we, uh, we beat it in trial flyovers. Uh, they can't use flyovers. Uh, totally beat that. Uh, I think it might have been, in, uh, if you remember well, the historical uh, Nick Moran trial up here. Uh, that was also that was brought out that they can't use flyovers. So that's one thing that that you can use uh, when you're working your your discovery, your police report, you're working your 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 defense is uh, can't use the flyover. And that's what I'm hoping. I've done that well, enough. Yeah. Not no, on my bucket. Another, another good point, Joe knows, and Sue Cullum. Lesser Art says, if there's not a complainant, there's no case. So who complained? A neighbor complained. Now, when a neighbor complains, see, they don't tell them that you may have to take the stand. And they all, a lot of them already know, even the cases right here with Alex Lyons, uh, they were trying to pull the wool over the eyes, and it's always about the money. So, uh, and also, it's what really gets gets the bacon again. I'd like to bring this out, and I want to thank thank all the doctors out there, Doctor Allen, Doctor Badgley, all the doctors. I've had six cannabis doctors for 20 years. They're standing their ground, and uh, collectives. Joseph Tully will tell you right now. Collectives get the bacon, so. Uh, a recommendation never expires. Uh, it's best if you are growing a multitude of plants, and we always say keep it under 99 plants uh, to have, have your recommendation updated. And, and uh, so doctors uh, rec- uh, rule, actually, and so if you have, uh, if you grow in sixes, you grow 30 plants. And you have five collective members, especially if they're, they're family and locals, and you have an edifice, I doubt, uh, especially up here in Northern California, they, uh, they're not, we have friends that are growing uh, 70 with no problem, uh, 100 or two. And uh, I heard if you get up to 600, uh, they might come bother you. So we just hope that uh, that this keeps up. And uh, the smoke up here, I don't know about down there, is as finally uh, <laughs> cleared up some. And uh, when I say don't forget to breathe, <laughs> well, don't breathe in the smoke either. <laughs> uh, yeah, so now listen, I want to uh, say again, uh, my wife's uh, Donna, who Joe knows very well, Liz, Patrice, all that have been up here. You know, it's a bit of a sort of, uh, 75th birthday party uh, 
actually not this Saturday, but next Saturday, September 5th. Uh, you're all invited. We're going to have uh, we're going to have mu- music with our good friend Kito. And by the way, thank Kito and uh, our new friend uh, Melissa uh, helping us with Donna and uh, the old guy here. We need all the help we can get uh, when you're going on 50. Uh, if you believe that, I want to play poker with you. And believe me, folks, in those, in those courtrooms, life in general is a poker game. And and in that poker game, you're allowed deception, and that's what they do in those courtrooms. Okay, I want to thank you all again today. And uh, I always get back to how historical it is that just what, 10 years ago, uh, after I got busted and joined the Human Solution, <clears throat> uh, Donna will tell you, I don't know if we had, had made it without, uh, without the guidance of the Human Solution and application, uh, especially for our good friend, Toby Williams. And so, so I'm just saying, don't forget to breathe. <laughs> it sure does help me. And I want to thank you all, and I'm here. It would be great if you get up here. I know, Joe, it's tough uh, for Donna's party. And uh, not hey, get up here when you can. And uh, it be great to see you always. Okay, thank you all today and coming together. And let's end this failed drug war on our sacred plant, cannabis. Well, thank you so thank much, you Tom. It's your email. And tell Frank Canan to check his email. I sent you guys a, uh, an email about your chapter. So um, please, uh, there's, a, there's a survey there to fill out and get back to me. And uh, we're doing some uh, maintenance and housekeeping right now. So love you guys and hope to see you soon. And um, as we're moving along, um, we're, we're going to close down the show. But I want to uh, uh, give an update for Michael Thompson. Um, apparently he's... Uh, feeling better, and uh, you know, he went through the um, the hearing that Didi had talked about last week, and um, he feels really positive that uh, you know he's going to see some freedom. And uh, the Last Prisoner Project has raised a bunch of money. I think they raised like thirty thousand um, dollars. You know, as as I have said so many times. Um, imagine what we could do if we were all working together under one banner. Um, we could we could end this. Um, but meanwhile, they did this, and they've done a great job getting the word out, and um, um, they've got this amazing reach, and they raised this money so that he's got a place to live, and it's exciting, and, um, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it. And um, I'm looking forward to meeting Michael in person, and... Uh, Hopefully, seeing him when he when he takes his first steps outside. Um, hopefully, that'll be happening very soon. But he's feeling better. Uh, he's still recovering. He's got um, you know COVID slash diabetes related um, feet illness or injuries or, or issues. And so you know, say a prayer for Michael. We're uh, we're we're hopefully close to the to his last days incarcerated and his first days of freedom in a long long time. And uh, I'm hoping to share those with him. Anyways, I want to thank everybody that's been a part of this. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank you, Becca, um, for for screening and um, all the people that are working behind the scenes, especially 
so many hardworking people that are, uh, you know, not out there just doing a look at me dance, but actually uh, working hard to make change. Um, it was great to meet Anna today, and I'm looking forward to meeting her and um, uh, Candice and everybody else who's really working it. Um, just super, super excited to be on this planet right now in this crazy uh, year 2020. So um, we will see you all next week, and uh, hopefully we'll get Craig to join us again. Um, he had some health issues last week, and I'm not sure what happened this week, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what's going on. We'll see you all next week. Hi, I'm Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my